0: This is Bless You Boys Podcast 124, recorded August 16th, 2014. Joe Nathan, Public Enemy, number one. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. the bless you boys podcast where the editorial staff of blessyouboys.com SB nation's detroit tigers blog kicks around the last week of detroit tigers baseball and whatever else is on our mind when it comes to the sport of baseball major league baseball whatever whatever we want to talk about we're going to talk about i don't even know if we want to talk about baseball today because it's been a rotten week of it Um uh, we're recording this podcast uh, saturday morning the uh Morning after the Tigers dropped a nine to two loss to the Seattle Mariners in the battle for the second wild card, which means if the playoffs started today, the Tigers would not be in the playoffs. So obviously that's going to be a topic of discussion. But first, of all the introductions out of the way because uh, we have a very special guest, uh, uh, and actually uh someone you're quite familiar with. First off, my name is Al Beaton. I'm co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. I'm your host of this podcast and the uh, well, uh, as of late, pretty much uh, the person catching all the abuse on the Bless You Boys Twitter, uh, Hookslide is not with us this week. He is out of town, uh, essentially taking the an hour and R away from the Detroit Tigers and a well-deserved rest that is. Uh, well deserved rest its we will be back with our normal slate next week, and we should also expect to have a nice slate of guests that he's had lined up for us. But we do have to return. Uh, Well, let me put it this way. We normally have the King of West Michigan. but we have the Clown Prince of the the UP with us this week. He is a columnist for the Detroit News. Uh, He is, of course, co-managing editor. Bless you, boys. He is a big, uh, I guess I'd call him the Grand Poobah, one of the Grand Poobahs at SB Nation. And going by his post this week, he is also public enemy number one, maybe co-public enemy of Joe Nathan, and that would be Kurt Menching. Kurt, welcome back. It's just like riding a bike, isn't it?
1: ouch
0: <laughs> yeah we fell off the damn thing yeah yeah
1: well you know it, it is nice to be back al and uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: unfortunately it is not a good time to be back
0: yeah yeah it's been a pretty crappy week to say the very least uh before we get to the crap though uh, a little bit about the podcast if you need to contact us well i uh, going by your uh the thoughts we've gotten over the past week, you guys know very well how to contact us. But anyway, to get that out there, it's a BYB podcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at BlessYouBoys, and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash byb.tigers. Or, of course, just search for Bless You Boys on Facebook or Twitter. Follow us, like us, and try to be nice. But regardless of that, let's move on to, well, the subject at hand, and that is a losing baseball team. Tigers are slumping again, Kurt. They're a game and a half back in the Central, one half game back in the wildcard race behind the Mariners now. Uh, they're just 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games, 12-17 and 17 in the second half. And the scary part is, Kurt, this is the same team that held a seven-game lead in the AL Central three weeks ago and looked like it'd be a lot for the postseason. I believe at one point their postseason uh, odds were 98%, and it's down in the 50s now, so... I'm at a loss at this point. Obviously, there's been some injuries we're going to talk about, but it really seems to me that it's coming down to the hitting. No one's hitting right now. At least hitting. So there's no one on a sustained hitting binge right now that can carry this team. Not even Miguel Cabrera.
1: Yeah, that that would be a big part of it. Uh, when the middle of your lineup is struggling, you're not going to score runs. You know, yeah. you you expect the uh, you expect. All right. You hope that the second half of the lineup steps up. You know, mm. you hope you, you hope your leadoff better gets on base. But the the reason the three, four, and five guys typically make a lot of money is that they're the guys driving in the runs. And right now, they're not.
0: Yeah, well, the, just touch on Miguel Cabrera. Uh, I know Hookide and I have obviously op- opined on this as of late. Well, you have been on the podcast. What's your thoughts on Cabrera? You think it's all essentially an after effect of the surgery and he's just not going to be the same guy until next year?
1: That's probably the case. I mean, yeah. he, he did okay last night, though. I mean, oh, yeah. A couple of doubles. He looked fine last night. And uh, I think even the game before, you know, his problem was that there was nobody on base in front of him. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, just a, a, a timing issue. But
0: uh, – Well, he also has been a singles hitter. He went almost – he went over three weeks without an extra base hit. I mean, just – he had I think he had uh, – uh, he went uh, all, about three and a half weeks of no doubles either. I think he only had three home runs. Everything else was singles.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he said at the All Star break he was he was hurting and wasn't feeling right, and mm. you could see it. And you could watch him, you know, that one game I forget if it was against the Yankees where right. he cruised into third base and you know and, and you you could tell he wasn't feeling right at that point. Right. So you 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 know there are issues up uh issues up probably related, you know, to the surgery he, mm. he's all but said. So yeah, the the Cabrera that uh, you you need is not the Cabrera that you have access to right now.
0: Yeah, well, maybe we're getting the Cabrera we deserve, at least according to your article, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, this all kind of started, though, Kurt, a, a week ago today. Uh, the Tigers lost two games in walk-off fashion to the Blue Jays. Uh, they lost uh, what a 10-inning game on last Saturday, a week from today. and Then the infamous 19-inning loss on Sunday, uh, the 10 inning loss included a blown save by Joe Nathan. Jabba Chamberlain blew the save on that Sunday. Uh, and I guess, I guess this kind of lays the groundwork for our Joe Nathan discussion because it all started on last Saturday when he, he kind of came off like Prince Fielder post-ALCS uh, uh, post loss when he said, this is not going to ruin my day. It's not going to do anything like that. I'm still going to get some dinner, go to sleep, wake up, and do it again. Uh, I don't know what's gotten into Nathan, Kurt, but he just seems to have a knack for having the absolute propensity for saying the absolutely wrong thing at the wrong time.
1: Well, that's true. You know, there's two things at work here. One is that we want our athletes to say things that are interesting and not just spot out cliches. And then the the second that they say something that isn't a cliche, we pounce on them. So that's, 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 you know, that's annoying. The second thing is, well, what do you want out of a closer? A short mm-hmm. memory. Yes. You know, you you don't want him going out there thinking, oh, I just blew that game yesterday. Oh, I sucked two days ago. Oh, I'm so off. You don't. You want you want a guy who wipes the slate clean, goes out next day expecting he's gonna he's gonna dominate. I, and Joe Nathan basically said, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on it. I, I I have a short memory here. I I'm going to go out there tomorrow. Tomorrow's a different day. And you mm-hmm. know. Isn't that what you expect out of your closer? He just told you what you expect your closer. He said basically what you hope your closer would say, and then people jump on him. Yeah,
0: so, isn't that the quote-unquote closer mentality that Jim Leland you always used to talk about?
1: That is exactly what Jim Leland used to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's, of course, people didn't like Jim Leland either. Mm. You know, <laughs> M- most like him, but a certain percentage uh, was uh, a little overly vocal on their dislike and. Uh, mm-hmm. So Nathan is not doing uh, a great job of PR. You know, I'll 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 agree with what Hookslide wrote a week or two ago. You know, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the, the the quilt where he seemed to throw Castellanos under the bus, and you know, frankly, a lot of the problem is that he was just answering the question honestly. Yeah. You know, is the inning different if the ball is fielded? Yes, this is a fact. And yet we we say, well, he just threw Castellanos under the bus. Well, you know maybe he did maybe he didn't but you jump on him for that then you know he he gets a little quiet for a little while and now you know you ask him about how he feels after blowing the save and he says well, hey you know life goes on i'll be back i'll mm-hmm. try again next time it's yeah. you know so it's it's kind of ridiculous there's mm-hmm. no there's no way for the ball players to win yeah. really yeah so, other
0: than saying nothing of import essentially but uh, yeah. yeah and and you're right we we we, you know, I bless you, boys. know that we we enjoy this because it gives us lots to write about. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's really not that in the big scheme of things, it's not really that big of a deal. And that, uh, well, I tend to think that, You know, be honest with you, Kurt. I tend to take these losses the same way. Unlike I think a lot of our fan base, I'm not going to let the Tigers lose in the game ruin my day. And I always kind of thought that any fan who finds their day knocked askew because of something they can't control like sports, I think they gotta get the priorities together in a way Nathan's right. I'm completely
1: in agreement. I'm in complete agreement. Uh you know, it's it's sports. It's supposed to be fun. I yeah. mean, seriously, people who have their days ruined or you know, or or you could look at football fans and yeah. you can see you can see, you know, like in Wisconsin you know the the number of crimes goes up after after the Packers lose, and you go, what the hell is wrong with people? Maybe we maybe we just need to eliminate sports altogether if you idiots can't accept them and 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 deal with them properly. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, here's the thing: baseball is 162 games. Every team wins, every team loses, mm-hmm. every team has winning streaks, every team has losing streaks. For some reason, uh, you know, some percentage of fans. Seems to have a very, very, very short memory and and forget that not just year to year, but seemingly month to month. Yeah. So I I I don't I don't know what to do about them. You know, they are who they are. Yeah, you you just wish you could uh, put a wall up and and not even have to see or deal with them, frankly.
0: Yeah, it essentially, Kurt. If we you know, especially like for example, us at Bless You Boys, if uh, uh, if we took every loss to heart, you know, and we're pretty well immersed in these in the, in the, during the season, you know, between, you know, we're we watching pretty much almost every game, we're tweeting, you know, a lot of us are tweeting every game, uh, writing about every game. If we took that same attitude as, as, as that portion of the fan base, I would spend every evening after a game curled up in the fetal position.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Seriously. You, you know, there there, there would be a, 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 a psychological analysis to be done, you yes. know, you, you can't you you can't just be a manic depressive, mm. especially in a in a sport like baseball where everything happens and it's I just find those people to ridiculous and if they get mad at me for saying they're ridiculous I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, well that's uh, they're already mad at you so there's. Uh...
1: <laughs> and I don't give a shit already. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. for forewarned is forearmed, as they say. Uh, but Kurt, this all kind of led to the the. Flipping off incident, uh, a few days later, uh, when he uh, essentially became public enemy number one when he used the Italian chin flick gesture, you know, ha! Uh, to essentially tell the Tigers fan base to fuck off. And this is even after uh, the Tigers won the game, and but the the crowd got in his case because he walked his first two batters he faced, but did get out of it. No, no, no harm, no foul. It was very Valverde-like, I guess, kind of a save. Uh, He did apologize the next day for obvious reasons. You know, it it was the typical, uh, obviously, the Detroit Tigers said, here, you read this, you, you know, go to the media, you tell them this kind of an apology. But that, I think, that's kind of where he crossed the line, where this guy's got to have tougher skin. And you would think as a professional baseball player who's 39 years old, who has been through the wars, you would think he would have developed a tougher skin at this point. So... Unless this is frust- no, this is a lot of frustration on his part for a guy who used to be at the top of his game who now looks like to be in a severe decline and maybe it's more of a reaction of his struggles than being pissed off at the fans.
1: At least you know he cares. Yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, you, you know, you don't you don't flip off the paying customers. That's yeah. that should be a basic rule. You don't flip off the paying customers, uh it was uh, a bad decision, something he should not have done and something I hope he truly regretted doing, you, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right that I think he's he's not just frustrated getting booed or, you know, or, or whatever. I think he's got to be frustrated with himself because yeah. he, you know, he's one of the best closers of all time. You know, yeah. he's not number one or anything, but he's one of the, you know, he's on the list of exactly. the best closers of all time. Mm-hmm. And here he is, he's going out he he's he's putting runners on base he's not he's not dominating like he expects to dominate i'm sure he's frustrated he's he's got to be frustrated mm-hmm. yeah and you know sometimes uh frustrations you know come to the come to the boiling point and boil over that it boiled over he, and he made a mistake
0: yeah well that leads to the discussion kurt of well first off yeah we both agree he it was wrong it was stupid and he no he needs to know better you know he can't let that kind of frustration get to him but that leads to the discussion of, first off, did he deserve to be booed? Should he have been booed for his performance, even though he didn't cost the Tigers the game? Uh, you know, it, yeah, it got made things a little too interesting, but he still was able to get out of trouble. But it, it really, at this point, it looks like it's become a Nathan versus the fan base, and the fan base is pretty much got its mindset, Kurt, that they are going to run this guy out of town. No ifs, ands, or buts about it at least you know, a portion of the fan base I say. you know
1: the fanboy the fan base or as you say just a portion but you know they love a, whip, a whipping boy there's yeah. always a whipping boy and you look at this team and you go who's going to be the whipping boy you know yeah. it, it it was hard to find a whipping boy you could say don kelly but you know, nobody really whips don kelly you know uh so it was just a matter of uh, nathan put himself out there to become the whipping boy you know mm-hmm. he he, he almost made the choice himself, because he wasn't the only struggling ball player, but he happened to be the ball player who uh, said things, and, and now he's done something. So, he, you know, he's obviously he's become the, uh, the lightning rod, and mm-hmm. it was something he did to himself. Uh, yeah. He's not the first Tigers closer to be booed. He won't be the last Tigers closer to be booed. And sometimes I think fans are booing the manager as much as the closer, because they're, they're booing the decision to use this player as a closer. And, you know, it's it, you, you can't really take a poll and go, OK, what what percentage of this are you putting on Brad Ausmus and which percentage of the boo are you putting on Joe Nathan? You know, mm-hmm. they're just booing the entire situation. The Tigers don't have a shutdown closer. Now, I don't know what they expect. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone has a right to expect better than Joe Nathan has done. Right. And yet I I don't know. I, I think they wouldn't be happy if they had Mariano Rivera, to be honest. You know, I <laughs> if. Remember when, you know, when, when Mariano was giving up home runs to Miguel Cabrera in, in, in his, you know, last two months of his career, I suspect Tigers fans would have been booing him, frankly, mm-hmm. because well, that's mm-hmm. what they
0: do. Yeah, well, I'm sure Valverde was booed during his 49 saves and 49 attempt season, so, yeah, yeah and there were some sketchy saves there involved as well, Some a lot of luck involved, which kind of goes to about baseball in general, but, uh, but do you make a point about booing the manager? And, you know, I'm just kind of going on a tangent, as we as we tend to do in this podcast. But uh, Grantland posted an article this week uh, rating managers by, I guess, the activity, so to speak, or making of moves. And at the bottom of the list was Brad Osmus, uh, who they, they called it the least active manager in the big leagues. Do you think that uh, – well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you find Brad Osmus to be a little too – Reactive than proactive when it comes to the moves he makes on the field.
1: Well, as far as the bullpen goes, honestly I don't know what the hell anyone wants him to do. Yeah. What the hell do they want him to do? Do they want Joba in there? Uh yeah, the guy who lost the game in the tenth inning, you know.
0: Yeah, he who, who, has not worked out as a closer.
1: You're right uh, about that. He he has he has struggled in, oh. in his past couple of weeks. So do do they want that guy in there? Well, you know, they would point out oh that Brad doesn't know what he's doing. He picked mm. Joba. He's obviously struggled. Who do they want in there? Phil mm. Coke? I don't think so. <laughs> Blaine Hardy? You know, uh, w- w- what other options are there? Uh, it's absolutely, I, I get incredulous over this, that they think there are better options if only Brad Ausmus would use them. Mm-hmm. This bullpen has serious issues. This goes beyond Brad Ausmus to Dave Dombrowski, and it, it, it he's stuck with what he's got. And no matter what he... Does you know left hander right? It doesn't matter. They all suck. Ian Cro. Mm-hmm. They all suck. I, I mean I. It, you see, I'm getting excited over this because it's just so bad that no matter what Brad does, he's made the wrong choice because there is no right choice. Yeah. So. Is he, should he be more, pri- you know, I guess he could get guys up in the bullpen a little earlier. You know, the right-hander who sucks and the left-hander who sucks. That would be, <laughs> you know, he could ju- just call down to the bullpen, pick one at random. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, roll a six-sided dice. Whoever's number comes up can stand up and warm up because it doesn't matter what Brad does at this point. The bullpen, all of them suck.
0: Yeah, and it, it just brings to mind that people used to, Scream about Jim Leland being too proactive and that he played Don Kelly too much or he was too quick with the hook. And I guess it kind of goes to say you just can't make anybody happy, at least not in the managerial position. It just doesn't happen. Fans are just uh, essentially I'm getting the impression that hurt that no matter what the manager does, there's going to be a good portion of the fan base that says you should have done something different.
1: Players win, managers lose. Yes. Yeah. That's the way it is. Players mm-hmm. win games. Manager had nothing to do with it. He didn't hit the home run, but you know, managers lose games because they apparently gave up the uh, the pitch. So yeah. I, you know, I I don't know what it is really, but that's I mean, and managers know this, and they're big boys, and they don't care. So yeah. you know, it mm-hmm. it is what it is. But yeah. you you can look at the fans and roll your eyes, and frankly, I do.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, uh you know, it's uh, it, yeah, it, it's kind of frustrating to say the very least because. Uh, yeah there are things that we don't agree with uh with some of the moves that uh,
1: bunting Os- What's that? Bunting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> bunting is one. Yeah, the, thank you very much. I you know, I'm I'm anti-bunting as it gets. But for the most part, Joe Nathan I, I think any talk that uh, Nate what Nathan has done has proven that Osmus has lost the team. I think it's completely overblown because we are starting to see some of that. Curve.
1: And Frank, frankly, Nathan until, you know, until like last week, Nathan was probably the most consistently good uh, reliever in the bullpen for yeah. the past month. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I lost the team. I don't, I don't buy that at all. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's expectations. People have expectations that are not realistic. That was the, before the season, it was a 91 win team. That's yeah. what the projections were—a 91-win team. You you lose your starting shortstop, you lose your starting left fielder. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you get your ace Justin Verlander has off-season surgery, comes back and he's not as good as expected because you know he's he's got muscle problems and apparently now his shoulder has hurt for an in uh, you know undetermined amount of time. So you right. got your one of your best pitchers is her You your two-time MVP, triple crown winner Miguel Cabrera has off-season surgery. I mean, this is a team that not that we should never, uh, you know, expect to win a hundred games or to have blown away everyone. The entire question, the entire season about how much would the Tigers win the AL Central by, solely depended on the Kansas City Royals. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that's the only thing. <clears throat> Are the Royals going to win ninety games? Are they going to win eighty-two games? Are they going to win eighty-five games? is the Tigers are probably pretty much what we expect. They're, you know, they're, they're an upper 80s win team now after all the injuries, and the Royals might be a 90-win team, surprising everyone. Not the least, Royals fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, things are playing out almost like we, we should have expected all along, like we've been told to expect all along. I, I tell the same people this offseason who are shouting, the Tigers are worse, the Tigers are worse, they suck now. What awful moves they made. They're the same people I suspect who are the ones who suddenly expected a hundred wins and now they're pissed that they're not going to get it. So you can't please them. You, you just can't don't, you know, fuck them. I, I don't even
0: care. <laughs> well, yeah. And you make a point about the Royals. Uh, if you would, if any of the, any of uh, our listeners have been following the Royals fan base, for example, at uh, what Royals review at SB nation, they wanted Ned Gio's head on a stick at the trade deadline. And, uh, for not being sellers. Yeah, they wanted the entire team blown up and the front office blown up and Ned Yost fired because they didn't do anything, and now they're in first place, and now they're all happy as clams. Two weeks. So go figure.
1: Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. September first, you, you could be looking at the Tigers in a five game, you know, five or six games in first place, and then look back in August and go, haha, that was funny times, wasn't it?" You yeah. know. It's baseball. Don't try to don't don't try to think you have a handle on it. You know.
0: Yeah, and and we're not having a lot of discussion. Probably not even having. You're correct. If Miguel Cabrera is healthy.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. If, if Justin Verlander is healthy. Yeah, if, exactly. If, if Anibal Sanchez is healthy. And you Joaquin Soria. Yeah, it, you can go down the list. It's teams that are unhealthy lose games.
0: Yeah, and uh, and that's a great point. Just in that, uh, I, people are expecting this team to continue. At the you know continue um, what's the word you know d- d- just continue to play at the same level despite losing four all star quality players that's almost impossible to, that's an impossible task for any baseball team
1: and and they also seem to expect that they're going to play three hundred baseball for the rest of the year yeah you know because that's what they played in their last and the 10 world's games. going
0: to play nine hundred
1: baseball yeah because yeah. that's what they played in their last ten games this is going to go on uh, indefinitely and it, it just uh... I get so frustrated with that thought process.
0: All right. Uh, with that, uh, you know, uh, tangent rant out of the way, let's kind of move back towards, uh, this Tigers versus the fan things. And Victor Martinez took a much more prudent tact and probably a much smarter tact than Joe Nathan, uh, with his re- we really need the fans quote because he really handled it in, in marvelous fashion, Kurt. Uh, he, in a fairly long and passionate statement, uh, Victor said, pretty much said, he understands the fans for being upset, but he asked for their patience and support. Uh, Now, some of the quotes he used, though. If you're just going to be with us when we're doing good, we really need the fans when we struggle, too. It bothers me because people think we're playing Little League teams out there. We wish we can go 162-0. and I want the fans to understand that we're really trying. We don't want to give it up. We don't want to lose. We're in a really tough stretch, and this is when we need the fans uh, the most. And realistically, Kurt, is is what he's asking too much to ask? I mean, it it makes sense.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that stood out to me is that as far as i've observed i mean mm-hmm. victor is never one of the the long talkers of the yeah you know uh, in the media anyway Vic, victor yeah, is yeah, talk-
0: spanish being his first language
1: and, and yet here he is i you know i didn't do a word count but from, mm-hmm. from start to finish he must have given what 500 you yeah. know a 500 word quote about about mm-hmm. this issue and yeah. uh it it seems reasonable, you know, if we're if we're all supposed to be on the same t- side here, which is you know a winning baseball team that is entertaining to everyone, uh, it it seems like a reasonable request, you know, mm-hmm. but, well, some people some people, they're they're not on the same side.
0: Yeah, to say the very least, it's uh, uh, but you're right. It's that it, I was very surprised at the length of the of the quote Victor gave because. You're right, no, no, English being a second language. Uh, uh, this, you, you really don't hear much from, uh, from any of, for, for the most part, any of the uh, Latin American players. And to hear Victor Martinez go off in that way, uh, they, uh, it's, it's kind of obvious that, uh, you know, as much as they do try to ignore the naysayers and the booing and the upset fans, uh, they do notice it. And, it, well, it's almost impossible not to.
1: Yeah, especially if you
0: run a Twitter account. No damn kidding. (laughs) And we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But uh, at the very least, though, uh, Kurt, I got to give Victor Martinez a ton of credit for uh, he, you know, he said all the he, no, he he said his piece. He kind of went off the uh, the ranch a little bit in his statement, you know, and saying something that that people don't expect. Yet it made perfect sense and but it was i think it was just so uh undramatic unlike the uh, joe nathan flipping people off that it kind of sailed under the radar yeah
1: it, you know I, I think it i think it kind of did it just got completely lost in the uh in the nathan gauge. but you know V-Mart, victor martinez he is uh he he's been considered a, a team leader since yeah. his first year with the team and you know here he is, he's being the spokesman for the team, being the team leader right now and yeah. doing, doing things the right way. And I, I think you're always going to see Victor Martinez do things the right way. It, and it's just, uh, it just seems to be the kind of man, the kind of ball player he is.
0: Yeah. is having a marvelous, marvelous season. You know, obviously it's not as hot as he's been in the first half, but he's still having a great, great season. And I really hope the Tigers don't lose him. I really don't, but he's going to make himself a serious chunk of change this off season. All right. Um, all right, we, I guess, uh, well, before we get to the spoiled fan base stuff, we should at least uh, uh, address the injuries a little bit more. Because this kind of puts it in perspective, Kurt. Uh, the Tigers have gone from Justin Verlander, Annabelle Sanchez, and Joaquin Soria on the pitching staff to Buck Farmer, Robbie Ray, and Melvin Mercedes. <laughs> and I think that kind of sums things up. You've gone from three all-stars, three highly paid pro- professional pitchers, to essentially cr- three crapshoots
1: yeah and one of them was pitching in low a ball in west michigan that three, is three that's three weeks the most ago.
0: shocking part that buck farmer went, was yeah. three weeks ago was in trip- was in single a and then he comes up and actually pitches pretty darn well
1: yeah uh so and, and then melvin mercedes we i mean we've been hearing his name for a yeah. little while and uh and uh, probably people think he should be the closer after that performance last <laughs> <Yeah>. night so <laughs> i I mean maybe I think he should be the closer after i don't know but uh yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you really have said it. Ignoring the injuries would be, you know, would be wrong. On the other hand, uh, Justin, you know, whether it's his shoulder, his, his his core muscles, whatever, Justin hasn't been Justin. And strangely, it's the best-case scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're going to yeah.
1: lose someone from the rotation, you know, you it's Justin because his ERA mm-hmm. is in the fo- mid-fours, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that uh... – don't you think it says volumes about the shape of his shoulder that when asked about how long this has been going on, how long has he felt pain in the shoulder, Verlander did would not say a word about it
1: right right that's that's a concern because he's covering it up because mm-hmm. <laughs> if it, you know if you say, well, you know it's been bothering me for my last two three starts or something yeah. you go, know, okay, yeah, you know, maybe I understand that you know uh, it's been bothering me for a month now you're getting worried, you know yeah. It's been bothering me for the whole season now you're really worried you know yeah. he i I kind of wish he would say just to you know just mm-hmm. because you can speculate and, and think of the worst case scenario if you want to but you know i it 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 has to be a bit of a concern that it hasn't felt right for a while and maybe they shouldn't put him on the d l anyway two weeks to rest i don't mm-hmm. I don't know you know he's he's gonna miss a start but maybe maybe he should have missed a couple of starts and and say so, but I suppose, you know, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face, but, you know, the the professionals, maybe they got mm-hmm. their heads together and said, well, two weeks rest isn't going to change anything either, you know, so yeah. might as well skip a start and then let him go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those same professionals that said Victor Martinez, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Miguel Cabrera wouldn't hurt himself any further by playing through that torn groin so last year, and obviously it didn't, but it's still affecting him this year. And that's, uh, you got to wonder also, Kurt, that if the shoulder issue is a side effect of trying to make adjustments for the surgery I mean that that seems to me that you know as a layman who doesn't know a lot about the medical profession that seems to be the Occam's razor type thing that seems to be the most logical conclusion of all this
1: because he, he's been tweaking all year
0: yeah you know?
1: exactly. He's been, he's been tweaking all year and so he's trying he's trying to tweak around the car injury probably mm-hmm so. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's the Occam's razor. It makes the most sense. Whether it's right or not, I don't know, but it makes the most sense.
0: Yeah, we're we're professional bloggers. We're always right. so. True. <laughs>
1: and we sure hear about it when people don't
0: agree. Uh, all right. Uh, also, Jim Johnson, Kurt. Obviously, the Tigers picked him up, the former Oriole All-Star, in A's washout. Uh, he's been up and down for pitching for AAA Toledo. Uh, the Tigers have said, we did not sign Jim Johnson to pitch at AAA. He's coming up. Uh, according to all reports, Johnson actually told the Tigers he wanted one more outing with the Mud Hens before he got the call. He got that outing Friday night, and it was not confidence-inducing at all. Uh, this is via uh, Blade Beat writer uh, John Wagner. 24 pitches, 15 strikes, one inning. Two hits, one run, a wild pitch, one strikeout, and his fastball was around 93 miles an hour. He'll fit uh, right in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is one of those things that occurred. You know, I see. What? Why the hell not at this point?
1: Right. You know, you you got a guy who made 101 saves and and mm-hmm. and did well over the past two seasons before arriving in Oakland and everything falling apart. So. Change of you know change of scenery change of pitching coaches, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It's not like they had to pay them you know ten million dollars to give it a try, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't they need to find out by by September. you know on the working theory that this team will find a way to make the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. they, they really should have him on the roster by September just in case, and they, they need yeah. to know either way.
0: yeah, and if I'm going to gamble, I think I'm more willing to gamble on uh, Jim Johnson than say Pat McCoy.
1: Yeah, you you take the track record.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if that track record has been kind of shaky as of late, again, it, it didn't. Co- it cost the Tigers essentially. The, the, I'm guessing the, um, the the major league veteran uh, uh, minimum because obviously the A's still owe him for the remainder of that ten million dollar contract, which uh, they deeply regret. But you know, it's, it's one of those why, why the hell not? Because right now I could understand throwing anything against the wall trying to stabilize this bullpen for the stretch run. Uh, but that kind of before we get to the uh, you know the elephant in the room, Kurt. Uh, there, obviously, this bullpen has been a topic of discussion all year, and you know the Tigers' lineup and how it was put together. Uh, and yes, a lot of the issues are because of injuries. And I think it all really started going back to w- an injury that kind of flew under the radar. That was I think devastating. That was the the uh, Tommy John surgery for Bruce Rondon. But do you think? uh Dave Dabrowski has has a bit of a Teflon coating to him that he's not catching he doesn't seem to be catching any grief for the issues of this team while the fans are just going well essentially ape shit on Brad Osmus and the players you
1: you certainly have to uh have to put some of it on Dabrowski. and, yeah. and here's why you know this is how he builds a team mm-hmm. he builds a team around stars that isn't real deep yeah and sometimes those you know, important players get hurt, and mm-hmm. when they get hurt, there's nothing waiting in the wings that can step in. You're always going to see a drop off because you know you, you can't have a whole team of Cabrera, you can't have a whole team of Verlander. You're going to see a drop off. You're I kidding me. Well, you know, if only there wasn't the salary cap in baseball. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you're going to. You, so you're going to see the. But you look at other teams out there, and you you see, you know, Marte. You, mm-hmm. you, you yeah, you see minor leagues where if if somebody gets hurt, you you can call up someone and feel a little bit. And and you could argue somewhat that the Tigers have that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Suarez seems to have stabilized at shortstop. You know, yeah. compared to the other guys, you know he's he's okay there. Uh, yeah, Ezekiel Carrera seems to be doing okay since uh, since the trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pitching. You know uh an organization that we once talked about the farm having no position players and and being full of pitchers has traded away, you know lost it, lost all its weapons in the in as it comes to pitching and now, like you said, the injuries rondone sanchez Soria, Verlander, you know. Well, that's going to be a lot for anyone to absorb. But the Tigers were particularly poorly placed for uh, absorbing mm-hmm. it, and that that comes back to the general manager. You know, they, yeah. they you, you see teams that build where they maybe their stars aren't quite as, as star-like, but you know, it, it's a floor versus ceiling thing. The Tigers have a higher ceiling than most, or some would argue all, mm-hmm. but they seem to have a deeper basement too. So there, there's going to be more of a range. There's there's a higher there's there's more of a space to fall. And you could you you know if they win it all you credit the general manager for giving him that ceiling and if they fail fall short of it you're you're going to blame him for you know not having a higher floor.
0: Yeah, yeah, and in a lot of ways I think that, uh, that the fans are looking back towards the Doug Fister trade and thinking that was the start. Obviously it wasn't because there's a there's a uh, as you mentioned uh, this uh, lack of production from uh, position players in the farm system and. Uh, being told that this t- this farm system was loaded with pitching, this that's been going on for quite some time, but most fans, uh, for example, our friend Rogo, uh, really, or and for our, our own Rob, for example, who just you know you mentioned the Doug Fister trait, and he he'll, uh, he'll go on a ten minute rant. <laughs>
1: you, but you know, here's here's the thing though. Here's yeah. the thing, uh, if they don't put Drew Smiley in the rotation, if Drew, if Drew Smiley doesn't you know mm-hmm. have a have a decent season in the rotation, yeah. can they trade him for for David Price?
0: Uh, they don't get him for that. You're right.
1: So, you know, we 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 can't we we can't look at every single thing in a vacuum. And I know people mm-hmm. always want to look in a vacuum, but it is not the case. It is a system of many moving parts, and maybe they, you know, I I would say they they don't have David Price today without Drew Smiley proving himself in the rotation and being a, mm-hmm. an important piece of the trade.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody can deny that the Tigers acquiring Price. Uh, well, in my mind, I think that right now, that no, considering where the Tigers stand, that makes the Tigers uh, kind of, I, w- I guess I'll put them, I'll say the winners of the deal because I've always believed that the team that gets the best player in any trade is going to win that trade. And it's not like they're getting Price on the downside of his career. This is a guy who is, I you know, has is just now reaching his prime. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Kurt, but I am so looking forward to tonight's matchup between King Felix and uh, – and David Price I mean that's no that's some musty TV right there
1: right and you know and that when it comes down to is you know do you, you want Price or Fister I'll take Price you know yeah, exactly you, you want you want Price and Ray or or Fister and Smiley you know I'll I'll take Price and Ray so mm-hmm. it 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 did it you know it, it it's tough because you see mm-hmm. how you see what Fister's doing in the national league he's having you know, a great year and you know and you know he was a good pitcher with the Tigers too you know uh, so it, it's it's tough to see him succeed, but if you if you if you watch Fister and then compare him to, to Ray and you completely forget about David Price, you're not doing it right.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, uh, again, you know, uh, you know, I look in my vacuum and I just see a dirty bag, but at least you're seeing the big picture, so I appreciate that. Uh, all right, uh, obviously you you've been talking earlier that well, uh, you know, we've been talking about the fan base, and you kind of wrote an article that ticked a lot of people off, and even to the point where our good friend Scott Rogowski, you know, Rogo, as you know him, uh, and we're in great terms with each other, that, uh you know, so even he uh, the, took uh, a little, he was aghast at what you had to say about calling the Tigers fan base, essentially the headline of it, stop acting like Yankees fans, and obviously uh, calling the Tigers fans spoiled by the team's success. A great many of the fan base are saying, we aren't spoiled, we haven't won a World Series in 30 years, and I guess that kind of leads to the argument of, well, what's successful and what's being spoiled. And I think you make a legitimate argument that uh, the Tigers, uh, you know, they've had a sus- uh, realistically they've had a sustained run of success since 2006. We're pushing almost a decade now, uh, and expectations are so unreasonably high. That, yeah, I, at times, you know, especially since we're kind of on the front lines when it comes to Twitter and Facebook and social media, that the expectations on this team are so unreasonably high, it's, yeah, it, it's like having a fan base full of George Steinbrenners. Yeah,
1: it, and that's, you know, that's what I'm getting at. If the Yankees didn't win it all every single year, they were a failure. And right now, mm-hmm. if the Tigers don't win it all, they're a failure. And that that's, that's part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it, look at, if if people think this is not successful baseball, quit watching baseball. Mm-hmm. Quit watching baseball because you'll never understand. Uh, and I, I don't care. You'll never understand. MVP after MVP after MVP. One of the best pitchers in franchise history. One of the best hitters in franchise history. Playoffs year after year after year. ALCS after ALCS, ALCS. Mm-hmm. World Series appearances. What more do they want? They want a ring. Everyone wants a ring. You get that. But if you go, they're not successful. They don't have a ring. Then I mean, you just don't get baseball. Yeah. The Seattle Mariners won, you know, like a hundred and what, fourteen whatever. Hundred
0: sixteen games. Hundred sixteen games. You yeah. know,
1: they didn't win a World Series. Why? Mm-hmm. Because winning a bunch of games is not a guarantee of a World Series because you can't predict these things. Anything can happen. You know. When the Tigers were at their worst in 2003 or 2002 or 2004, they still could sweep the New York Yankees. I you know, mm-hmm. I, and I can say that because I was so flabbergasted and happy that they actually swept the Yankees. I, it's it's a memory to this day.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh because it's baseball. Bad teams can beat good teams. Good teams lose games they shouldn't. The the margin uh you know, the it, you're so close. The talent level is so mm-hmm. close that you can look at, you can look, you can, you can look back at a playoff game and go, well, if that ball, you know, the Yankees hit against the Twins is is two inches to the left or whatever, and or if the if the umpire calls it differently, then maybe the maybe the Twins win the playoff series. That's how close these things are. And to go, yeah. well, they made it to the playoffs but they failed. Well, everyone everyone but one team fails in the playoffs, and. You can't always explain why something happened. You know, Verlander loses like a one nothing game to the to the Red Sox. What what if the ball was hit, you know, an an inch off to the right or to the left on the bat. You know, what what mm-hmm. if it, it's a long fly ball instead of a something that goes over the fence into the bullpen? Well, it, it's totally different. You know, that's the playoffs. They're a crapshoot. Anyone will tell you the playoffs are a crapshoot. You like to believe it says something about the team. But it doesn't say shit about the team. So mm-hmm. what I think you want you want the you want the parade you know you you want 84, 68, 35, 45. You want that. Of course you want that. That's why you know that that's why you watch sports. You want to have a, a you, you want to pretend you mattered in someone else's championship. Whatever. But to to look at this team and think that it is not successful despite everything. It's the first time. That went to the playoffs three years in a row a hundred years this hasn't happened and well yeah you're spoiled mm-hmm. you're, you yep. want you're if you don't win a championship then you got nothing you know what you're you're just a spoiled little kid that's that's how some of these people are acting like spoiled little kids who don't see what they've actually got and you know i didn't expect i was going to turn them around and make them see what they got they're mm-hmm. setting their ways. You know, yeah. I expected I was going to piss them off, and I said, fuck it, I want to piss them off. Mm-hmm. I want to.
0: And, hey, I did. Good job. <laughs> High five. Uh, and you make a great point, you know, that the playoffs, you know, even if the Tigers, for example, you know, you said they did run away with the Central by 20 games, make the playoffs. There's no guarantee they wouldn't have gotten knocked out in the first round because some team got hot. I mean, you could go back to uh, when baseball changed – to a division format in 1969, and then go back and look at all the champions. How many of those champions, Kurt, do you think would be the acclaimed best team in baseball? I'd, I bet you, you know, if we look back, the vast majority of them would be considered not the best team in the regular season.
1: I, I suspect, and, you know, I haven't done it myself, so I you know, mm-hmm. can't say it for sure, but I, I suspect that's the truth, you know. Yeah. To, to go off on a tangent here, a sport like football... You know, mm-hmm. a sport like football, I think the team that's better is usually going to win those games. You can sometimes say, well, you know, he, conditions affected them or they dropped it or what, you know, but I think you expect the better team's going to win in a football game. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, a football season has 16 games in, in the NFL and, and then goes into the playoffs, and you expect the better team's going to win each round of the playoffs and you're going to get mm-hmm. the true champion. Well, now we look at. Uh, You know, you look at a a sport like baseball with 162 games. Why do they play 162 games, not, Mm -hmm. you know, 124, not 81, not whatever? You know, Mm -hmm. I I still wonder why they play that many because they're still having playoffs afterwards. I think if you want the true best team in baseball to be be crowned the best team in baseball, scrap the playoffs, help, scrap the league, you know, have it like English soccer where you're all in the same table, you know. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the best team. That that's the only way you're going to get the best team winning the championship is over 162 games where everyone plays everyone, and you don't have playoffs. That is the only way to guarantee yourself you got the best team.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. That's uh, for the big example I like to always use when it comes to how the playoffs are a crapshoot is that you look at the Premier League that started today, the, the soccer league over in England. They don't have playoffs. The best team is the team with the best regular season uh, best regular season record. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know but when you factor in playoffs when you factor in uh injuries when you factor in teams getting hot when you factor in matchups you know some teams just playing matchup better against others and it's you know it's and the luck of the draw who you end up playing uh, just the, the think that this team was going to you know storm troop its way through the regular season and do the same in the playoffs is completely unreasonable yeah yeah yes they, there is there needs to be some expectations we can't uh, you know, let the Tigers go off scot-free. But, you know, it's starting to get personal. And I think that's where we need to cut. That's where we need to draw the line. And
1: aside. you can't you can't draw an arbitrary end point. Yeah. That's what looking at the record in August is. It's an arbitrary end point. Mm-hmm. They're not in first place right now. Therefore, they are a disaster. Well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't matter if they're in first place right now. Look at seasons they were in first place in August and didn't win. You know, yeah. what matters is if you're in first place at the end of September. So yeah. we're drawing an arbitrary endpoint. We're going, they would miss the playoffs if the season ended today. I don't give a fuck. The season doesn't end today. The season ends at the end of September. Where they are today doesn't matter. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. seen that. It does not matter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Brad Ausmus has even brought that up in an interview, saying uh, when asked about you know, the slumps and, the you know, the for example, the 9-20 and 20 stretch, he goes, you know, Let's, let's, we'll worry about that at the end of the season if we're not in first place. And, can
1: we have an arbitrary end point after a winning streak?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. And we just end
1: up there. Go, okay, they won 9 yeah. out of 10. They're up in the, the division by 4.5. It's over. You know, we're done. Mm-hmm. This is a great team. Look, it, it won the division by 4.5 games. This is a great team. Oh, there's still four weeks left in the season. Oh, you know. Yeah. You can't have an arbitrary. It, it It's just ridiculous, you know. It's over when it's over. And right now you still got six weeks. Six weeks. weeks. So. Yeah.
0: A lot of baseball left to be played and a lot of AL Central baseball is left to be played. And uh, the Tigers are going to get healthier. Uh, You know, specifically that rotation and Joaquin Soria is not done for the year. Neither is Sanchez. Hopefully not Verlander. Uh, We're not going to see Buck Farmer remain in the rotation or Robbie Ray. Hey, Melvin Mercedes, who knows? But regardless of all that, it's uh. This is a good team, not a great team. But then again, Kurt, how many great teams are there in baseball anymore? This is, uh, people don't want to admit there's a lot of parody in the game of baseball these days. Hey, even,
1: even the Oakland Athletics are losing to the Royals. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, so, you know, and it's, you know, weren't, you know, like, weren't the, the Brewers the best team in baseball in April, you know? so In May. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So go figure. So, you know, things change. But I, I guess it's a kind of a roundabout way of saying, Kurt, is that we that uh, yes, expect there needs to be expectations, but expectations need to be kept under control. Expect these expectation needs to be leavened with the fact that this team is not a hundred percent, and the Royals are not going to continue to play 850, 900 ball like they played over the past couple weeks, and the Tigers aren't going to continue to play three hundred ball. It's just not going to happen. So. Um, This, too, shall pass. But uh, all we ask of the fans is that, you know, just don't make it personal and don't take it out on the messenger. (laughs)
1: For real.
0: Uh, As we know firsthand. (laughs) So, you know, uh, trust me, I've been making, you know, since I've been on the Bless You Boys Twitter quite a bit this past week, I've been making ample use of the block and mute button. Because if you start calling us pieces of shit, uh, I I can tell right then and there I'm not going to be able to have uh, uh, a legitimate back and forth with you. You you've already got a preconceived notion that we're idiots, so why should I even bother replying?
1: And people so. thought I was too negative when I was tweeting from Blissy Voice.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Probably, you know, and if then if I and could no, pair and, them up with the people who tweeted us, oh my God, they would they would be scared.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind is that uh, when we're on the Twitter, we try to. No, we're trying to be entertaining. No, we're we're not, you know, obviously we'll throw out some stats. But if we just tweeted, uh, it's sixth inning, Tigers are down 6-1, uh, so-and-so's coming to the plate, so-and-so's on the mound. No one would follow us. <laughs> and obviously we're doing something right because we have a lot of followers. And I think for the most part, most of them get what we're doing, enjoy what we're doing, and, and you know, just kind of get it and kind of get in with the flow. Because essentially it comes down to this. If you – I would much rather laugh about these kind of situations than to go into angst mode about it. And that's what we're trying to do on Twitter. You know, we're trying to enjoy the game of baseball. And if that means making a joke at the expense of the Tigers occasionally, well, that's part of the job.
1: That, that's, you know, that's it in a nutshell. It it really, Mm. it, we're, we're there to entertain and we, we seem to be doing a pretty good job of it. So whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it's, we're not telling you guys to be a this is the way to be a fan. Uh everybody has their own uh style and reasonings behind how they act about this team. You know, just it's a, you know, just remember it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be enjoying ourselves and this is not a bad team. It's not a great team, but it's not I mean, how many I guess the question is how many of these people were around in 2003? Huh. Uh, who you know, or for that matter, guys, people my age, who were around in the mid 70s when this team won 59 games one year
1: you, you know, you know they, they were probably cheering at the start of 2006, and then they were checked out at the end of 2006, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're back when the playoffs come. It's, yeah it's bandwagon fans are the the worst thing in the world
0: yeah yeah and uh we've yeah again we're probably pissing off even more people but so be it at this point great because
1: i don't want to hear from them so if they get pissed off and don't want to talk to us anymore great because i don't want to talk to them
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, I think we've gone on enough rants, enough pissing people off, to kind of uh, start wrapping this show up. So, anything else on your mind, Kurt? Because you haven't been on the show in a while.
1: Uh, no, nothing. I, yeah,
0: there never is, because it's probably time for a pee break anyway. Oh, uh, so. no, well, uh, I'm,
1: pet, <laughs> I'm, I'm petting my dog, and you know how much he cares about baseball. That's kind of how much anyone should care.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, the Tigers lose, hug your dog, pet your dog, hug your cat and move on with your life and then come back the next day refreshed and ready for some baseball because that's all. You know, we're, we're all baseball fans. We all want the best for the team, but the, you know. Just it could be worse. To could fun. be stuck yeah. with the Lions. Yeah. Oh God. Don't even go there. <laughs> You're talking to a long-time suffering Lions fan. You're a Packers fan anyway. What do you know? I know. <laughs> I know about winning. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You're a spoiled Packers fan. Damn it.
1: Oh, true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this show up because uh, I got out of bed to do this show and I'm able back a nap, because I'm sure I'm going to be tweeting again tonight because I've kind of taken the reins of the Twitter for this week so I need my rest now, so. <laughs> some people say I need to be put away but regardless of all that let's wrap this shit show up so until this time next week uh, Hookside will be back he is out of town this week he will be back next week and we'll be back with a full slate of guests this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck along with Kurt Mention
1: I'm sorry you are stuck with me today
0: and so am I, and we won't be on the next Bless Your Boys podcast. <laughs> That'll get him out of the old ballpark. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.